0: and welcome to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. Um, just a quick review over the last couple episodes. We talked about sin, what sin was. Um, we defined sin. To death. Uh, yeah, probably listed a little bit. We listed a little bit of the of things that are uh, sinful in God's eyes according to his word, not according to my opinion. Um, and uh, as I've stated before, I'll be glad to share those scripture verses with anybody who wants to know. Um, so, uh Definitely, that's, that was a big important, uh, beginning point for us because, um, becoming a believer or being a believer in Christ, we have to be able to define, uh, what God expects for us, what's right and wrong in this world, and where we need to be and what we need to be doing. So those are the first few things about sin and forgiveness. We got that out of the way. So one of the things we're going to look at this week and we'll cover is the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? Ooh, Ooh, it's a big one. This is a Sabbath, so I'm going to have to ask everyone to uh, put their big boy pants on and to um, not immediately shut off the broadcast if you hear it. Uh, to give it a little bit of a listen and give it a little bit of a concern, maybe some thought as to what I'm saying. Because
1: um, I think this is a big differentiation. Oh,
0: this is a huge one. This is a us, big maybe one. Maybe
1: in the majority of people.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at the body of Christ and you look at the church, um, we basically do what we've always been taught to do. Um, so if we grew up in church, I grew up, my dad was a preacher. Uh, we moved around a lot. So we were all over the place. Um, and for us Sunday, we were at church Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday. That was just how it was. We were independent fundamental Baptist growing up and you, that was your bam, you hit it. That's your three days. Um, on the other side of that, if the church doors were open, you were supposed to be there. So revival, right? Yeah. And we were plenty of those. And I've been to some great stuff and I've heard some of the best preachers in my life. Um, uh, there are just some out there that I, I really absolutely love above others. But I can't say that everything that I was always told was always accurate. And it's not to say that anyone ever tried to trick you or uh, fraud you into anything. Nothing like that. Um, I think it's just it, it's a matter of where does someone's own personal importance lie in a matter. It's our right? choice. Right.
1: And what we choose to believe and right. how we interpret the scriptures.
0: Right. So the first the first question if we're going to discuss the Sabbath, what is the first question that you would have? What
1: day is the Sabbath?
0: What day is the Sabbath? That would always be the very first question somebody would have to pop into their seventh
1: mouth. Seventh
0: day Mm, yeah, and they don't they seem to observe what they call Sabbath. Saturday. Um, right. So then we've got the modern church uh as we think of it now, They consider Sunday,
1: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
0: Well, and I there's you know, I think there's some pastors out there who will admit the Sunday is not the Sabbath, but they like to call it the Lord's Day. So there's a there's a little bit of a differentiation there. Um, And I think that comes from Revelation, the book of Revelation, when John said he was in the spirit on on the Lord's Day, Um, which I I understand that. And so they like to say, well, he was in spirit on Sunday. That was the Lord's Day. So that's where they get that from is that John was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. Problem is John was a Jew. And everybody else in the New Testament was a Jew. And the Lord's Day to the Jew was the Sabbath.
1: Friday evening to Saturday evening.
0: Right. So let's do a little, we're going to do a little backtracking here for everybody just so we can all kind of get things squared off in our head. Um, because I think the modern mindset that we talk about, the Greek mentality, i use that phrase, um, is a little bit different than the Hebraic mentality. The way we live our lives now is totally different from the way they live their lives in the scripture. Um, and it even goes down to our very basic handwriting. Um, in English, American English, we write from the left to right. In Hebrew, you write from right to left. So it's backwards to us, but everything in, in our society has been flipped in such a way that, um, Just the very things we do are opposite of kind of what God had done or what God had established. So let's get back to the Sabbath and the days, right? Days of the week. So there's seven days a week. We know that. We know that. There's seven. We all have names for them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Those are all our days in the name, the days of the week. Are any of those names in the scripture? Are any of those names of the days of the week in the Bible? Does it say on Friday they went down to Galilee? Does it say on Sunday they went over to Mesopotamia? Uh, that's not even in there, but just mm, <laughs> just no. a random out there. No, it doesn't say. It doesn't say they went to Smyrna or they went to uh, Galilee or they went to uh, Jerusalem. It doesn't say what day of the week they went. It doesn't say anything other than Sabbath. It's the only day of the week mentioned in the Bible that has a name. If you go back to Genesis, this is where this is all going back to. We're going to roll it back a little bit and go all the way back to Genesis chapter one when God's creating the days of the week. If you want to know what a week looks like, you have to go back to when God created it. So our days of the week start on Sunday um, through Saturday. In the majority of the world, that's how we look at a week. That's not how God looks at a week. Um, God's week was defined for us in the beginning of scripture in Genesis chapter one. And he said the evening and the morning were the first day. So there's the number one, that's the foothold that everybody has to get in their brain. Uh, This is going to lead in some other things here in a minute. But the evening and the morning were the first day. So on day one, God created the evening and then the morning. And he said, that's the first day. Day two, he does the same thing, the evening and the morning are the second day. He does that for six days. He comes down to the last day of the week. The evening and the morning are the seventh day. That's the day that God chose to rest. So God decided to start his rest in the evening, and he was done with his rest in the morning. So the evening and the morning were the seventh day. So we have seven days in according to Genesis in the Old Testament. The day actually is supposed to start in the evening when the sun is setting, and it's not supposed to start at midnight. In the English Gregorian calendar that we use in the world we live in, our day is 24 hours. It's from 12 midnight to 12 midnight. We have two, you know, we roll all the way through. Um, but in the in the time frame laid out in Genesis, it starts in the evening, which is generally be around 6 p.m. on any given day to 6 p.m. the next day. So we're that is the day the evening and the morning. So we look at that and we bring that over. And and so on the last day, God rests on the Sabbath and he defined what day that was the seventh day of the week. It's the very last day of the week and it is the evening and the morning. So when we look at, um, when he wanted us to worship or in the scripture, what day was holy unto him? It's the Sabbath. It's, it's, it's difficult. I think because we live in a society where the majority of people have given in the idea that, um, Sunday worship, uh, is the most important thing that this is God's day and we should be doing what God wants us to do on Sunday. Um, We know in the new Testament, the scripture says that God doesn't esteem one day above the next. That's true. But at the same time in Genesis, God has already, you know, he doesn't esteem one day above another because he's already set the days in order. He's already defined them for what they are. You don't, you know, you lay out the map and you say, this is how it is. And this is, this is the way I, I want my week to work. And, uh, you shouldn't have to go back and make that second statement of what it is again. Um, so he doesn't esteem those days one above another, but he does esteem Sabbath. That is, that is always, eh, since the creation of the earth, that has been his thing. That is his, it's his day. It's not our day. Sabbath is created, uh, not for man, but for God. I mean, it was his day of rest and we are to observe Sabbath, um, in such a way that it, it is holy unto him. Um, and which is tough to do. We live in a society that's not built that way. Our society is not built for Sabbath observation. In Israel today, there's a lot of portion, uh, a lot of areas in Israel today where business stops. They stop doing everything on Friday evening, Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. They won't do anything because they believe they're, the Jews still believe it's Sabbath. I mean, it's his word came through he, the Hebrews and through Israel and through the Jews down to the Gentiles. If anybody could understand or define what Sabbath is, kind of seems like it would be his people, you know? So later on, we get into uh, when Peter goes to Rome. We talked about this today, me and the wife did. When Peter goes to Rome to set up, uh, to witness uh, to the Gentiles in Rome, Constantine is the emperor at the time. Nero was before Constantine. Nero was uh, a huge persecutor of the Christians. He uh, he, uh, he didn't like them. I mean, there were sun worshipers. That was a big problem. Uh, the, the Romans were sun worshipers and Nero did not like Christianity coming in. So Constantine, who was a sun worshiper, um, when he becomes emperor decides he doesn't want to be like Nero. He doesn't, this is the short end. Uh, there is a book that is probably 700 pages called the sword of Constantine. Um, but it defines a lot of what Constantine did and how he, he ruled as an emperor, how he affected Christianity, things like that. But Constantine comes in, and Constantine, in short, doesn't want to persecute and kill Christians like Nero did. So he has this idea: I'm going to meld two different uh, religions. I'm going to mush them together. uh, he's he's a sun worshiper. He's into Mithraism. Uh, I'm not even quite sure if that's 100% how you say it, but, uh, but Mithra sun worship and uh, the Christianity. So Constantine goes in and he mashes the two together, and he creates the Roman Catholic Church. And I'm not trying to call anybody out on that one. But that's science. That's history. That's it's, It is what it is. It's historical fact. Go look it up. Um, it's the Holy Roman church that's that's the definition of the catholic church kind of what they call themselves and it's still today based in the city of rome Rome. it's still in rome it hasn't moved since they started the thing Um, a lot of people attribute rome or the catholic church to peter um, but i think that was probably only because peter was in rome You know, spreading the gospel. And so when uh, by the time Constantine had gotten a hold of it and was able to set up his version of what the what he wanted a church to look like, um, I don't really Peter had nothing to do with it at all. I I really don't think he had anything to do with the establishment of the Catholic Church. And that's probably heresy in the Catholic Church to say. Because I think Peter is their most venerated saint or whatever. He's like right there with the Pope, you know. Between Jesus and the Pope, it's Peter, I guess, because he's always at the gate asking people what they're doing at heaven. It's Peter checking everybody in. So anyway, uh, so Mithraism, their, their day of worship was Sunday, and it was easy just to kind of blend these two together. Um, uh, it really goes back to the Catholic Church. I mean, that's, that's where Sunday worship, kind of started, Sunday being more important than the Sabbath. Um, the There have been popes who have said and admitted, um, Pope Clement, I believe it was one of the popes, who had admitted and said made a statement that said, the Catholic Church has changed the Sabbath. They have the power to do so. They admitted they had changed the Sabbath from what the Bible defined it to as to Sunday worship because they had the power and authority from God to do so, which is... Not even in the realm of being accurate. They don't have the power to do that. The Sabbath will always be the Sabbath. You go to the book of Revelation, where we're talking about Christ coming and ruling and reigning upon the earth for a thousand years, they're going to be doing Sabbath. Um, After Christ was crucified, the scripture says that Paul went into the synagogues on the Sabbath. Synagogues are Jewish Sabbath to them is Friday night to Saturday night and Paul was in there listening to the Torah portion being read and then he would expound upon it and and what God had meant in that scripture so that he might win others. He was trying to win his people. He was trying to bring the Jews into the body of Christ and let them get them to the realization that uh, Yeshua was Messiah. So um, Sabbath is huge and I think if you don't as Christians we don't um, we don't fully understand that. So we know that Christ. All right, Easter's coming up in a couple of weeks. We mentioned this a minute ago, mm-hmm. and now, again, I'm not trying to step on toes. Yes, you are. Put your steel-toed boots on and pull up your big boy pants because it's going to hurt your feelings. Um, but Easter's coming up in a couple of weeks, and this a, Easter uh, is a is is a couple different things. If you go in the scripture, you find that uh, Easter uh, was a, a um, Roman holiday Easter was a Roman holiday. It wasn't the holiday of Christ's crucifixion. It wasn't Christ was crucified at Passover. If you go into the book of Hebrews, you realize that Christ is the Passover Lamb. Scripture so it says that we all know that as Christians and believers, we all believe that He is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He tells the disciples to go into the city of Jerusalem, prepare the upper room. They're going to do a. They're, they're going to have what we consider most the people last right. Most people call it the Last Supper, which was kind of inaccurate. It is Passover. It is a Passover Seder. Um, Passover has been celebrated by the Jews for thousands of years. So he brings them in to Jerusalem to have Passover with them one last time. And it's at Passover, it's at this Seder, that he is expressing to them what these things, uh, these symbols in Passover mean, such as the matzah, which is his body. It's pierced and it's bruised in a certain way when they bake it. Uh, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It was unleavened bread. Um, You always see the pictures of them sitting around the table and they've got this big loaf of bread and they've got their man hands tearing it. Um, This is unleavened bread. It didn't have leaven in it because leaven was a representation of? Life. Oh no! You oh. missed it. Oh, what is come that? on! What is leaven? Leaven in the scripture is—it's not good. We just did three podcasts on it. Uh, Sam, yes. <laughs> Yes. I'll put you on the spot. I know. And you're just like, so you, but you knew that we've gone, we've had Passover here before. So leaven in the scripture is an example of sin. So in Passover, they use matzah bread, which is a flat, almost looks like a big flat cracker. Uh, but it has no leaven in it uh, because we don't want that sin. And so when he held it up and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He's breaking this matzah because it is a perfect example of his body. Um, then he, you know, without that, sin. right without sin, no sin in him, no sin in the matzah. So uh, or example of sin so he goes in and he they do the uh, the wine they have the wine um, and he says this is my blood you know which is poured out for you and, and whether they understand this completely or not they, he had been telling them that he was going to be crucified they should have understood it ahead of time but I don't know so anyway, the point here is is that he comes into Jerusalem, and he comes as the Jewish king. That's where they're going to hang up on the cross, a king of the Jews. He comes with his Jewish disciples. They go down to do a Jewish ceremony they've been doing for thousands of years, which is Passover. Uh, maybe not thousands, 2,000 years. So they go in to do all of this um and he goes to be crucified. So uh, we get down to one of the hairier parts of the scripture which I think most people have a, a hard time defending um and I've heard I've had people tell me to my face that it's not literal. Um so he's telling them that he's going to be uh, in the heart of the earth. He says he's going to be down there for 3 days and 3 nights. That's what the scripture says. I mean there's a there's a huge Christian band that is, uh, third day. yes, they are, their name proclaims what Jesus had said, that he would rise from the dead on the third day. Right. So three days and three nights. So, and I'm maybe nitpicking here a little bit, but just hang with me people. And this is the reason it's important to understand when Sabbath is in biblical calendars, because if you don't, you're going to make something up. That's not real. Miscalculate. Right. And, and if you know what the scripture says, we can actually be quite accurate as to when he was crucified. Um, so, back to this idea of the, the week, the week being the evening and the morning. So, Christ is going to be crucified. We know he's, he's coming in before, uh, he's going to, he's coming in before, uh, Pilate. Um, he's going to be taken. So, they're having Seder. They're having, which means they're going to have a sundown type of Seder because it's, uh, in the evening. They're going to have this Seder. Then the next day, he's going to be taken in and he's going to be crucified. So, most people call it when, uh, a current church idea is it's a specific day of the week and it's better than the rest it's good friday good friday there it is ladies and gentlemen good friday so christ is uh in in modern terms in modern churches we're always told he was crucified on good friday and he rose from the dead on
1: easter monday
0: easter monday what are you talking about
1: friday saturday sunday monday three days
0: (laughs) you're right you're right it is three days and three nights but we don't celebrate him (laughs) rising from the dead on easter monday
1: easter sunday
0: easter sunday do we need to rewind that whole (laughs)
1: time i'm trying
0: i know you are yeah i'll fix all that anyway so uh what do they call the it's the best day of the week good friday good friday so we know hey uh that's what the church current modern church believes christ is crucified on good friday and he rises from the dead on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. So we know, okay, so we've got this timeline that he is crucified on Friday and he rises that's from the dead days. on Sunday. And you just whispered something.
1: But that's only two days. That's
0: not even three nights. No. If he was crucified Friday. And it's he was, two days and two nights. It's not even, yeah, it's kind of not even two days. If he's crucified on Friday and he's in the grave Friday night and Saturday night, that's only two nights. If he's crucified on Friday and rises from the dead on Sunday morning, Sunday, you're right. Easter Sunrise service. He's only really kind of been crucified a day and a half. So right there tells me something is off. I mean, we're missing something there. Three days and three nights doesn't measure out the way that we're saying it does. So there's a couple of different clues um, that Sabbath, knowing Genesis and knowing how it's laid out in the book of Genesis, will help us understand what really happened. They're all Jews. They're all following. They were At the time, they were still following the, the biblical calendar. They still followed the biblical days of the week. They didn't follow our calendar. We've got to stop applying our knowledge and our logic to the Bible sometimes and look at it from what it was written. And what it meant the actual context of the scripture um so you go back and you look at it and it's okay we know uh we know the ladies came to the tomb um sunday morning they did sunday morning what we call sunday they came to the tomb and the bible says that the sun was not up yet so it was still dark so that's real early real early in the morning and when they got there there was an angel there and the angel said what to them why do you seek the living among the dead he's not here He's gone. He's risen. He's not here. He's been gone. He's he's so so we know Sunday morning him rising from the dead not a thing didn't happen. He was already gone by, before the sun even came up. He had been gone. So that was awesome. That's great um if we go back and you look in in the uh the temple services right so this is a little bit different too the uh, calendar the calendar doesn't actually start in january according to god that's not the first month of the year january 1st is not the new year according to the scripture it is i don't you know it's, it's what we do we celebrate that we put on the big hoopla but according to the bible that's not the first day of the year they according to the scripture the first Month of the year is actually April. It starts around April, right? So on the fourteenth day of the first month, the priest would go up to the temple and he would offer up a sacrifice for the sins of all of Israel. And he would do this around uh, I want to say around three o'clock in the afternoon. And he had this they would go in there and do their whole ceremonies and everything. They would run a ribbon across the courtyard, and if the ribbon changed color, I think it was red if it would turn from red to white. It meant God accepted their sacrifice and they would be forgiven of their sins. So The 14th day of the first month happened to fall during that time period, happened to fall on a Wednesday. So on a Wednesday afternoon, this priest is up here, and he's getting ready to offer up the sacrifice for the lamb, right? So we know that Sunday morning Jesus wasn't there, so he must have rose earlier than Sunday morning, somewhere, I don't understand where he raised from the dead. So the priest is up there, and he's getting ready to offer up his sacrifice. Now, Christ is arrested. He is taken to be crucified. Um, Some theologians believe that it was probably around 9 o'clock in the morning, and by 3 o'clock that afternoon, he was dead. Because, and I'm going to bring all this together and and show you what, what the scripture says, because the high Sabbath was upon them. Now, the high Sabbath came up and the disciples of Christ went and ran and they said, can we take his body down? Do you remember it says they didn't have time to prepare him? That's what the women were doing their Sunday morning. They had come to actually prepare his body for burial because they didn't have time to do it because the high sabbath had come upon them. The only time that the high sabbath occurs is at Passover. It doesn't occur any other time of the year. And the high sabbath is a three-day sabbath. So this three-day sabbath had come upon them. Now if you're following the Jewish calendar, high sabbath starts at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. It doesn't fall on a Friday. So high Sabbath started Wednesday to Thursday night, Thursday to Friday night, Friday to Saturday night, the end of the regular Sabbath. So this is how we know, this is definitive from the scripture that we can know Christ was crucified on a Wednesday afternoon and was put in the grave by 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Now from Wednesday to Thursday, Thursday to Friday, and Friday to Saturday, that's three days and three nights. And if you flip it around to look at it from the scriptural perspective, it's three nights and three days. And it would fall all the way back to Genesis where God said, this is how my week is going to transpire. Now, think about it. It goes even a further, a little bit further step than that, that Christ has been crucified and put in the ground on a high Sabbath. And he rises from the dead at the end of the Sabbath, which God has said is holy. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And what holier type of thing could have happened on a Sabbath? than the very living son of God being raised from the dead. It's not some random time in the morning. It's not some, I get up and the sun pops up and I just feel like getting up out of bed. I mean, it it wasn't like he rose from the dead at any random time. It was an appointed time that God had set to raise his son from the dead. And I honestly firmly believe 100% that he was raised from the dead at the end of Sabbath when God was done resting because God was resting. You know, that's his that's the whole thing about the Sabbath is that we're supposed to commune and take that time and to to put it set it set the world aside for a while, you know, get away from the world and have that time with God and get away to finding out what that holiness is and what it means. And so we come down to this this period of time where he goes to be crucified. And if we don't understand what the Bible, what Sabbath is, we don't understand biblical calendars, constructs. We're gonna get it wrong. We're gonna say, "Oh, hey, it was a great Friday. He was crucified on a Friday and rose from the dead on a Sunday morning," and it sounds great. I don't get me wrong; it sounds great. The most important thing there is that Christ rose from the dead. I give you that a hundred percent. But as far as well,
1: well, that's what people will say is that I'm. Oh, you're just being.
0: Yeah, you're being nitpicky. You're playing in semantics right? here, right?
1: We're just happy that he rose again. That's what we're really celebrating.
0: Right. And I would agree with that. I would agree with that to a point. But any listener who's listening to this, if you're a married person or you're in a relationship with somebody, you're going to sit there and tell me you don't want to know everything about the person you're with. You wouldn't want to know every detail of that person. I need to know what makes you happy. I need to know. You're my wife. I need to know what, what, what are your concerns? What are the things you like and what are the things you don't like? And if somebody were to say, you know, I think Natasha likes uh, getting drunk out behind the dumpster behind the KFC, I want to be able to say, <laughs> I know that's an extreme, but I want to be able to say, no, that's not her. That's not her at all. I know that's not you because that's not how you are, right? So why does our God deserve any less from us? Why should we just be okay with Well, that might be true, but I I don't really get into that. It's just not that it's important. It's very important to me. It's very important because it says it says a lot on how we study the scripture, the scripture. We're told to study yourself, you know, study to show yourself approved unto God. We are commanded to study, to learn, to know. And I think for me personally, for too many times, I think uh, it's easy to shut it off. Well, my preacher told me, you know, we shut it off right there a lot of people, they don't need to go beyond that. Um, I don't know a lot of preachers that want people to do that. And a lot of preachers that I've heard have always said, go home and open up your Bible and read and study and check and see if I'm telling you the right thing. But the majority of the sheep out here, which is what the Bible calls us, we just say, well, the preacher told me, and we walk with that. And we don't go in and look in the scripture. And so it really gets into this thing. This is the, And this is the difference between the messianic movement at the moment and the modern church is um if you really get into studying scripture and following what it says you're really going to set yourself apart from a lot of people there's a lot of people are not going to like it because you're going to upset the boat you know i mean we're still saying we serve the same god we love jesus we love yeshua just as much as anyone else but at the same time there is this uh truth that i want to know i want to know There's a lot of things I'm never going to be able to understand or know, but there's a lot of things that we can know. It's just looking at the scripture and understanding it and uh, really putting the puzzle pieces that we don't know together to really make sense of it. Because once you realize, you know, I believe in uh, Matthew, it talks about the high Sabbath. Once you understand that's a three day Sabbath and that they were still following the old calendar in Genesis, there's no way none at all that Christ was crucified on a Friday, not a Thursday could not have happened. It had to happen before the high Sabbath, which started on that Wednesday. There's just no other way around that. I mean, it's just, and to me, it is the definitive knowledge that when I go to somebody and I want to share the gospel with them, that I can know, I know already the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I know I have been redeemed and I know I have been bought and paid for with a price. But to me, it's the, uh, it's the little extra, the extra tidbits of the scripture that, that make it alive. Being able
1: to verbalize why you believe something right. is really important also. Right.
0: And it's, and it's that life in the scriptures. It's, it's being able to find the life. It's being able, I don't say finding hidden gems because They're not hidden. They're right there in front of us. But it's being able to look at it and have that critical thinking to say, "Mm, you know, the scripture says this, but I do this, or the scripture says this, and I hear this on this side. So kind of where do we land? So when we look at the Sabbath as applied to the scriptures, you're not going to find, there's a lot of words we don't find. We don't find rapture in the Bible. That word doesn't exist. It's not in the scripture. It's not in the Hebrew. It's not in the English, not in the Greek. It's not in there. We don't have that word in the Bible, but that's something that is predominant among the church. We use it a lot. Um, Sunday uh, being converted or, or Sabbath being converted to the Sunday, that's not in the Bible. I mean, if you just want to know the 100% truth, it's not there. There's no change anywhere in the scripture from Saturday to Sunday as the Sabbath. Um, the argument that it's the Lord's day, a lot of people will make that argument. Hey, i give you all seven of them. Every day belongs to God, every single one of them. Um, Does he esteem Sunday over Monday? No, probably not. Um, He doesn't esteem one man above another. Um so you know i don 't to me it 's it 's a matter of the heart right there's some congregations who want to worship on a on the actual sabbath there 's some who worship after sabbath there 's some who worship on a sunday um i don 't really care it doesn 't make a difference to me i i 'll sit with any brothers and sisters in Christ on any given day of the week and worship god that 's that 's what we 're supposed to do we 're a family um and so we 're supposed to operate in that way one day of
1: the no week.
0: absolutely it not. Be- well, that, that's a whole, I think that's a broader problem, uh, with Christianity, is that we are, we assume that the time that we spend in church, whether it's the, if you go to church, let say twice a week, you're spending two hours maybe at church, we act like that is the, the whole involvement of being a Christian, is that these two hours that we spent, when it should be, um, that is the time that we are equipped to go out and deal with the world that week. So that's that's the bigger side of, of all these issues is that, you know, it, to me it doesn't make a difference of what day people get together and worship God. Um, anytime is great, uh, but it's the, at the same time understanding that it's the life that is lived for Christ, and it's not the two hours a week that are lived for Christ that matters the most. It's that, uh, you know, I, t- I told you before, Abraham lived in the wilderness and walked with God and was, you know, w- was chosen by God. Um, Abraham, if he was lucky, I don't know if he ever went to a, what we would call a church or a congregation or I'm sure he brought his family and his servants in and they, they celebrated and worshiped the Lord. I, he probably did that. Um, but it wasn't always necessary for him to, you know, to be going to somewhere to worship God because God is with us that is how this worked God is once the once the temple was built and once those places where the holy spirit was yeah you could go there um but right now God dwells in us he dwells in the believer we take him where we go um and even when we go to places he's there before we are he's you know there's no escaping him um so we just kind of getting back to the Sabbath that, that's that's kind of when you when you hear the word Sabbath and you look at the Bible and you you read about the Sabbath that's what they're talking about the Genesis outline um, in chapter one, if you want to go read it for yourself, that's the best place to start. Go look in Genesis chapter one. And it's going to define to you, uh, the Sabbath. And it also defines the days of the week. Um, there are no names. The reason there's no names for the days of the week is because God didn't give them names. They were just days of the week. The seventh, the sixth, the fifth, I'm sorry, the, the, the fifth, the sixth, and the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. So in, in the calendar terms, if you were to ask in the Old Testament, they would say the 23rd day of the month right? Or the 14th day of the month or the 15th, or they might say the second Sabbath of the month. You know, I mean, there's, it's, but there's no, in the scripture, there's no Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, because that was all, that all came later. Those things came in and were added in later. So, uh, so this episode was just kind of quickly wrapping up about the Sabbath. Um, if you have more em- uh, questions about the Sabbath, feel free to drop us a line on Facebook, um, an email. You can email me at bfmason seven, six, three at com. Uh, or the, the abnormalchristian at com. Yes, yeah, so or the abnormalchristian at com. We are on Twitter as well, so you can check there as well. Um, I'm sure, you know, like I said, there's going to be some subjects that people are not always going to agree with me on, and I'm cool with that, no big deal. Does it change the fact that God loves us? Um, Does it change the fact that Yeshua died for us and we're his children? It just means we all kind of... Uh, see things, uh, as how we live as Christians, we might see them a little bit differently. And that's acceptable. So we can deal with that. Outside of that, we hope to hear you or not hear you. Well, I hope to, I can't see you. I hope you hear us. <laughs> hope We're going to get it straight. Yeah. Hope you hear us and come back and listen again. Episode seven will bring some more, um, subjects and topics. If you have an idea or a topic you want to discuss, Uh, something you want us to talk about, something you heard, or you want to know if it's true. Um, did Peter have seven toes? Anybody hear that one? I just made it up. I don't know if he did or not. So if you hear something, if you hear something that you want to talk about, he did walk on water though, holding on to Jesus. So that one happened. Um, just drop us a line and let us know. We love you and appreciate it. And thank you for listening.
1: Bye.